God. This morning scripture reading comes from Hebrews chapter 13 verse 15. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Okay, praise God. Thank you, brother. Uh, why don't you turn to Hebrews, book of Hebrews. Um, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Okay, and actually I want to reread that and then go into verse number 16. Okay, uh, the scripture there mentions sacrifice of praise and isn't it interesting that this morning the song that we sang was indeed sacrifices of praise. And many times Christians kind of wonder what does that really mean. So we're going to look at that today. But looking at Hebrews 13 verse number 15, reading it again, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, and underline, please, sacrifice of praise to God continually, and underline continually, that is the fruit of our lips, underline the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name, underline giving thanks. And verse 16 continues and says, but to do good and to share, forget not. For with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Underline, with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. Okay? So, according to the scripture here, it says that we should give sacrifices of praise. And what does that actually mean when we say sacrificial praise? It means that we praise God when things in our lives are going very well. It's easy to do that. It doesn't cost much, doesn't take much energy to praise God when things are really, really going, going well. But when the times are not going well, when the things are going difficultly for us, there's difficulty in things that we're doing, or life is just, God is not doing things the way we think he should be doing, that's when it is really difficult for us to give praises and thanksgiving to God. Okay? Easy to do when things are going well, not so easy to do when things are going poorly for us. It's not, it, it just isn't, it, it's hard many times for us to praise a God that... <laughs> Understand what I'm saying now. It's hard for us to praise a God that that is not cooperating. <laughs> okay. All right. That's how we kind of look at it. Gee whiz, God's not cooperating with me. I have my thoughts and my plans and yet still to praise him. You know, when God is cooperating and he's blessed you with the things that you're looking for, it's easy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We praise you, love you and everything. When things are not going so well, it's hard for us to do that. When you can, by an act of your will and an act of your spirit, decide by a conscious act to praise God even when things are not going well that's what is called sacrificial praise because it isn't something that you're doing easily okay so God wants us to praise him when things are going well and God wants us to always pray also praise him when things are not going so well all right the scripture says by therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually and that's the fruit of our lips, giving thanksgiving to his name, and to do good, to share, and forget not, for with such, with such sacrifices God is well pleased, you see. And just like if you have a family member or a child or something like that that's always behaving and nice to you, oh, I love you, mommy, I love you, daddy, when you're happy and 
things are going peachy keen with the kid. But then when things are not so good, how you know how often will that kid also say, "I love you, mommy. I love you, daddy," and so forth? Okay. So same thing with God. We have to learn to be in a place where we're giving sacrificial praises and thanksgiving to God. Not always easy to do, but we need to get into the habit of doing that. Now, what helps us to get into that habit, and what helps us to be in a spot? of praising a God that, again, I say, I put it in quotes, is not cooperating, is not doing things the way we think he should be doing, or not doing things in the time sequence that we think he should be doing. What are some of the things that we need to remember why we should be doing that and why God is the way he is and who he is? Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Okay? Okay? Praising God when things are not... Isaiah 54. Praising God when things are not going very, very well. It takes literally an act of your will to do that. So we're going to look at sacrificial praise and how that activates the hand of God. Okay? First of all, we have to understand some, a, cer- a few certain basic truths about God. Isaiah 54. Let's go to 54, verse number 17. Okay? So when you're down in the dumps and things are not really going well and you're getting pressure from every side, Isaiah 54, verse 17 reads, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. Okay, please in the line, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, for their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. So God is telling us verse, in verse number 17, first of all, remember that no weapon or plan formed against you shall prosper. Okay, so if there's something that you're waiting for, praying for, expecting for, and it's not going your way, and, and there may be people, there may be issues, whatever, operating against you, whatever that plan of the enemy is to bring down that which you're praying for, to bring down your expectations, Expectations from God. First of all, whatever that plan or plot of the enemy in terms of a weapon be, being formed against you, it's not going to prosper. In other words, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Right? If you're in the workplace, you're in the neighborhood, or whatever it is that's going on in your life, and there are others that are plotting and planning against you, those weapons, if you will, in the form of those plots and attitudes and, and, and thoughts you know, about you, those thoughts are not going to prosper. In other words, they're not going to wind up standing in your way. They're not going to prevent God from doing in your life what God wants to do in your life, okay? As long as you, of course, are living by God's commandments and you're following his will. So one of the things we, we should remember that um, when, we are, when things are not going so right and we're having a hard time giving that sacrificial praise to God, we need to remember that, first of all, I can praise God and I will, will, will bring myself, make myself do it because now I'm going to remember that whatever the plot is, whatever those plans are that are against me, they're not going to prosper. Why? It says because it's my heritage. The word of God says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's you. And their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. It's not Pastor Cobb saying this. God is saying that. He says, uh, um, th- th- this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, saith the Lord. It continues in verse number 55 now to give us more insights into God's grace. In 55 verse 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth Come to the waters, and he that has no money, come, buy, and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. So in other words, these things, God is saying, come and get these things, they're free. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? 
Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. All right? So where it says there, why, underline, why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfies not? Underline that. Why do we toil and labor for those things that don't satisfy us? Okay? So in other words, this is a matter of priorities, you know? If we want to be in a place that we can, um, we can continually praise God, we have to remember many times that the things that we seek after the most are not the things that we should be seeking after the most, you know. You can toil and work hard for 40 years and have a sizable bank account, but if you don't know God, your life is empty. Your life is empty. And I know plenty of people that are well healed financially, and they're the most miserable people in the world because they don't know God. Because for all of their lives, they've been toiling, toiling after the things that do not satisfy. You heard me say a million times that all of us have this um, a, a, a hole in us, so to speak, in our spirits, a vacuum in our spirits there that, that we try to fill with many things, with money, with prestige, you know, with job promotion, with a big fancy house, with boats, with fancy cars, you, you know, women, wine, men, song, whatever it is. You try drugs, you know, you try and fill that void and you're still hungry for something because the only thing that fills that void is God. The only thing, you know. So what this is saying is, why do you labor and spend money for things which is not bread and labor for things which satisfy not? God says, hearken diligently unto me and eat that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, listen, incline your ear and come unto me. Here and your soul shall live. Please underline here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Okay? So now when that thing in your life is not going so well and going very, very badly as a matter of fact, and you're just feeling so down and out, you're talking about giving sacrificial praise. Well, what is that sacrificial praise going to be based on? Why should I be praising God when everything that should be is going so wrong? Well, the answer to the why is what indeed we just read. Okay, knowing first of all that if you hearken unto unto God, come to Him here, then your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. So, while at that time in space you are suffering so miserably, you have to remember what God promises you. Okay, you belong to God. And whatever this time that you're going through is, whatever, how difficult it may be, whatever challenges it's bringing before you, if you listen to, to God and incline your ear and you hearken unto him, listen to him, um, then you're going to come through. So the mere fact that God is saying that I'm here to listen to you is more than enough reason for you to be praising him, for you to be giving sacrificial praises to him, you know? How many times has been something in your life and, and, and something really been, been going on and there's someone in your life, another human being, you know, that could sincerely help you or give you some moral strength or someone to talk to or whatever, and that person happens to show up at the door and you say, my gosh, am I glad to see you. You know, am I glad you're here? You're so glad to see that person because that person is either emotional strength, can give you some advice or whatever it may be. So when you're looking to how can you give that sacrificial praise to God, then you think about God is here. God is here. Even though my circumstances around me are not showing that, God is here. And all I have to do is simply run to him. So the fact that he's there for you is enough to make you happy and to be thankful and to love him for it. So you're kind of saying, God, thank you for still being here. I know my ship is falling apart, my life is falling apart around me, but God, thank you for being here. Praise be unto you. And then you can pour out on your spirit exactly what it is that's troubling you. 
You know, I mean, he knows in the first place, but he wants to see you bring it to him. You know, he wants you, it says here, hearken unto me, incline your ear. It goes on to say in verse number four, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the peoples, a leader, and a commander to the peoples. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord, thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified thee. So this is saying that, 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 that people will indeed wind up coming to you that, that do not even know you and do not know why, but um, nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified thee. You know, you ever have people come to you and bring issues to you or asking questions of you, you know, and you're saying, why are they coming to me? Why are they asking? I got my own issues, and yes, so they're coming to me and asking me this. You see, you see, because people see the God light that's in you, and they will indeed come to you for help. You see, so while at the time you're going through this issue where things in your life are so bad behind you, you have to see yourself as God sees you, and also see yourself as God may be having others see you. You see, so when you start thinking about those things, then you have to indeed thank God and praise God sacrificially, even though right. Now my life is not looking so good, but God has put me in a place where there is something spiritually and supernaturally happening, which by God's grace, he loves me and he's watching over me. All right. Any plans, anyone plotting against me, those weapons are not going to prosper. They're not going to work out. Okay. so that alone is something to make you thankful for thankful to God for, regardless of what is temporarily happening in your life. So you give God sacrificial praise, you see? You don't wait to praise God until when things are going good. You praise Him while things are not going so well. It goes on to say in verse number 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. There's no line there. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. All right? Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You see, now all of this, you know, if you have a, 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 a Schofield or another study Bible, you see at the beginning of chapter 55 it says salvation through God's grace. The things that God is saying here that he is doing for us and the things that he has prepared for us, this whole thing is is thank God for his grace. You know, grace being something that we have not earned, we didn't deserve it. You know, you know, there is nothing that we can do by our works to make God give us this grace. He simply gave it to us. And why did he give us this grace? Because he loves us. Because he loves simple as that, you know. You know, you've heard uh, you know, on the back of your bank statements or whatever, or your bill statement, they may talk about there's a grace period for paying your bill. You know, the bill is due on the first of the month. Grace period gives you five days, and you won't get a late charge until after the fifth day. Well, that's a man giving grace. God's grace is something that is not earned. No man could make it. No man could develop it. God did it simply because he loves us. And the kind of grace that he's given over us is all of the things that he's telling us here. You know, um, let the wicked forsake his way. Even if you're, you're the wicked person and the unrighteous man is thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. If that wicked person returns unto the Lord, if the person has not confessed Jesus, if that person confesses Jesus, he's coming to the Lord and he will give mercy. He will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now, knowing all of that, that certainly is reason to make you be quite willing to give sacrificial praise, to praise God when things are not going well. Now, this is where he gets heavy. Listen to what, he's, what God is saying here. Verse number 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
underline that if you already have it highlighted. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Okay? God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God does not judge things, does not size things up, does not reason the way we reason things. You know, you know, it, it, you know God talks about, about forgiveness. You know, and we human beings will say, why should I forgive that person? Well, the reason is because you don't think the way God thinks. God says that you should because if you're not, that, that unforgiveness becomes a spirit of bitterness in you and it grows and gets worse and worse and worse. And I won't get into a sermon on unforgiveness. But, but God does not think the way we think. You see, so when we when God is telling us things through his written word here, through his Bible, we, we, we um, you can't hope to understand everything in terms of his reasoning and the why you can understand what God is telling you to do. But you can't always reason out the why God would do it that way, because his thoughts are not our thoughts. Amen. His ways are not our ways. And then it says in verse number nine, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than yours. OK, that, that, that goes to show you how far apart, you know, you know, if someone does something to us rotten in work. You know, and the first thing you want to do is fire off an email or a memo or call the person up and get back at them the same way. And the word of God tells us to do otherwise. The word of God says, first of all, forgive the person and then go into prayer and so on like that. Every single bone in your body tells you against that. You know, matter of fact, you start thinking about, well, if I don't respond back, what are people in the office going to say to me? What are people in school going to say to me? What are people in the neighbor going to say if I don't respond back in evil fashion? You see, well, our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Right? Right? God says to approach it a different way. God says that, 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 that the battle is not ours, it's his. God says that, 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 the, that our weapons are, are, are not carnal, okay? You, you know, the enemies that we have are not flesh and blood. You know, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. What do you mean they're not flesh and blood, God? This is a person that's giving me a hard, a hard time, okay? God's thoughts are way above that. He's saying, no, what you're not seeing is that demonic spirit, that spirit that is driving that person to mistreat you, you see? So God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not ours. The two are so vastly different. So we have to start thinking as much as we can like God. But knowing these things, that God is there for us, that that should help us to bring about sacrificial praise. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returneth not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth uh, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Please underline that in verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Okay? So if God has said to you that he's going to do something in your life, and he's spoken to you, and he's telling you to go here, to go there, and you're going to be blessed, God is saying that that thing that he said to you is not going to return unto him empty. God does not make empty promises, you know? We as human beings may have all good intentions and we'll promise to be there at 7 o'clock, you know, to pick you up and then we're going to go out and have a great time, you know. And then at 6.30 somebody calls you and you get upset and you forget about the person you said you were going to pick up at 7. You know, you may or may not call them up and say, ah, never mind, I changed my mind, you know. You, you know, so, so you, you, your word returned void because you did not do that which you said you were going to do. With God, that's not possible. God's word cannot 
return unto him void. Okay? And his word shall bring to pass that which he intended it to be, to do. So if God has spoken to you in your heart and he said that he's going to promote you, he's going to do this, he's going to do that for you, and he's shown you that there's going to be a, a, a change, something else is going to happen or whatever, that word, it, it, it can't return void because it's God's word. Okay? If God's word did not go forth to do that which he's called it to do, then it would make him a liar. It would make him like us. Okay? And so therefore, he could not be God. Everything else that we know as Christians could then possibly be wrong or untrue because God's word then has the potential to be void. You see? You see? But it, it, it is not so. It's simply God cannot lie. What he says has to be done. Come to pass. If you know that and you really understand that, it puts life for you in a whole different perspective, okay? Because if you know that God's word cannot return to him void and that what he says has to be, that means that God says that he hates sin. God says that for sin there are certain reactions and there are certain, sin, there are certain punishments. You open the door, etc. So you open the door for problems in life and so forth. If you insist on doing what God says don't do, as much as God loves you, guess what? He can't protect you because his word cannot return unto him void. God said that I do not sin. I do not like sin. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. God simply cannot change that simply because he loves you. He loves you, yes. But he has to let those things that you set in motion by disobeying him, he has to let them come to pass because otherwise his word would not be returning and not doing what he sent it forth to do. You see, so that's another thing to be considering that when we're going out there and it talks about giving sacrificial praise to God and we're not doing that, then that means are we being disobedient to God? Are we missing out on something here? God says that it is because he says that it pleases him for you to give sacrificial praise. So it means the next time that something really bad is going on in your life or there's someone that's giving you a hard way to go, you know, and, you know, you still got a week before this thing is going to play out and everything like that. During that week, you praise God. You get up and you thank him for everything that he's giving you. You thank him for being your Lord and Savior. I mean, you just praise God continually, it says. Don't just do it once or twice a day or once a week. You praise God continually until you get all through that mess. And then you, of course, continue to praise him. But you praise God when it's an effort for you to do so. When you don't see what, what is there for me, what is there for me to be thankful about. And I, I heard someone say that and when I hear that, I, I just kind of, I literally, I cringe, you know. You, you know, you, we talk about stepping to the side in case a lightning bolt comes down. You know, what is there to be thankful for? Oh my gosh. The fact that that person is standing there breathing, what am I to be thankful for? He's taken breaths during that time. That's all because of God. His heart is still beating while, he, while he's saying it's all because of God. Just he's saying, what do I have to be thankful for? You know? So when times are not going so well, this is when you may even think that. I you know, perish the thought. But you, you praise God. You praise God for who he is and all of the things that we've, we've just read here. You know, that God's word, if God promised something to happen to you and something has changed, happened for you and something has changed and is happening to you, that which God has said is going to happen for you has not changed. God has said it and it will come to pass. It will come to pass. You just praise him for it. Okay? Um, <clears throat> then it says in verse number 12, For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. 
The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you singing, and all of the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Okay? All right, so now we see... A, a bit, a, a picture about grace and what God has promised for us and why God loves and God loves us and so forth. So now, knowing that and the scripture that says no weapon shall be formed, uh, formed against you shall prosper, knowing that and all of the grace, the good things that God just told us, then why is it that we don't give sacrificial praise? Now, let's look at an example. Go to the book of Acts. I love it because God's word just hangs so together here, the book of Acts. You see, and remember also that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. What we don't understand so many times is what is happening in the spirit realm. Um, we all know the story of the battle of Jericho, the walls of Jericho, and you know what made them fall down. They didn't have cannons back then. They didn't have howitzers and so forth like that, all right? Okay, but God gave them distinct instructions about how many days to march around and when all together to shout and so on like that. And the priest blew the trumpets and everything. Now, anyone else, I almost said right, (laughs) anyone else in in, in a human mind would be standing back and saying, especially here in the 20th century, 21st century, marching around. You see those walls? You know, now, from what I understand, the, the digs that the archaeologists have found over the years, those walls were riding up wide enough for a chariot to ride across the top, so these things were thick. We're not talking about walls like, you know, today that's got some sheetrock and studs in them. We're talking about wall, you know, for fortresses. And yet still, this wall fell down because God gave them distinct instructions of what to do, you see? So, in our human minds, we'd be sitting there trying to rationalize, well, how is that going to work? Well, you see, God's ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not His not, not our thoughts, you see. So God controls the supernatural. God is in the supernatural. Everything that we know about physics, God designed. Amen. So if God says to shout at that wall, you know, seven times, then you just need to shout at that wall because God's ways are not your ways and his thoughts are not your thoughts. All right. So you got this thing going on in your life that's giving you such turmoil and you're in so much difficulty. And God says, what, to bring me sacrificial praise? You don't have to try to figure out how a sacrificial praise is going to help my situation. First of all, you should be genuinely praising him for all of the things that we just read. Amen. Amen. But also doing it because God said to do it. And that God said that his word, what God says to do, is not going to return to him void. So that means that if we follow God's instructions and we genuinely love him, it can do some strange things. Okay? Now... 16, and we're just going to go to verse number 14. Okay, and a certain woman, <coughs> and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Tyatira, who worshipped God, heard us, whose heart, this is where, where Paul and, and um, uh, go, they go to Europe, to Philippi. And they're in Europe now. And a certain woman named Lydia, a teller of purple of the city of Tyatira, who worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken by Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she, and she constrained us. So while they were traveling, God supplied, God supplied their needs. Okay? And it came to pass, verse 16, it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain maid possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. 
the same followed Paul the Paul in us and cried saying these men are the servants of the most high God who show unto us the way of salvation okay so now in other words this woman who was into demonic things divination the occult and she was making money for her masters by doing these occultic things and everything all right she was following Paul and she said these men of the servants of the most high God who show us the way into salvation now the spirit that was in in her even recognized what they were doing relative to God that's the interesting thing isn't even spirit this is a demonic spirit but it recognized what was going on and thus verse 18 and this did she many days but Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of us and he came out the same hour Hour. Okay, so Paul recognized what was going on there, so he rebuked that spirit and cast it out of the woman. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and, eat, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Now, do you think these guys really cared? about what they were doing, what had really happened here. This woman, with her occultic practices, you know, in other words, to put it in really kind of in everyday terms, you know, um, imagine if in our city, our fair city here, there was a woman that had one of those palm-reading parlors, okay, and the money that she was making by that palm-reading parlor was going to the mayor of the city. A whole lot of money. They were making a whole lot of money, okay? With Paul and, and Silas being there preaching about the gospel, preaching the gospel and everything like that, that spirit knew what was going on. And the woman was following them, you know, talking about that Paul and them were there talking about God, talking about the Lord. And so the, the rulers who were making the money off of her went and started accusing them, saying that they're coming here to our city and they're teaching unlawful things. It's only because of the fact they lost their source of income. When, when Paul cast that demon out of this woman, she could no longer do those palm readings, you know, just to use our little example here, so they were losing money. So they went and told the authorities here what they were doing, okay? And the multitude, verse 22, and the multitude rose up uh, together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the, the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in, in stocks. So they put them in the deepest part of the prison and, and, and shackled, shackled their legs, okay? Verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, what did they do? They prayed, and they sang praises unto God. Prisoner line prayed, and underlined sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Okay, now here they are in prison. They're locked in prison, and their legs are shackled and everything. And then here in verse number 25, we see that it says that they prayed and they sang praises unto God. Verse 26, And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Okay? So right away now, you, didn't, you don't see them saying, Oh boy, we're in prison here. Um, does anyone have a file that I can file my way out? Anyone have something I can dig through these bricks? You know, let me see. Maybe the bars are not tight or start shaking. You don't see them in here crying the blues and screaming, Oh, Lord, you, da, da, da. It says that they prayed and they sang praises to God. Now, if this isn't sacrificial praise, then what is? 
You know, do you think things are going good for them? I don't think so. I mean, here they were locked in prison, not only in prison, they were in, it says, in the, the innermost part of the prison, and their legs were shackled. So they praised God. Now, as a result of that praise, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. So, by them praising God, something supernatural happened, okay? So how does this relate to us here in the 21st century? When that thing that is going on in your life that is so troublesome and is so bad that you can't seem to see through it, that's when you need to sing and to praise God because that's when supernatural things in your life can indeed start to happen. You see, God doesn't think the way we think. You know, you know, you, 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 know, you don't sit there and saying, you know, God, you know, you know, send me a blaster gun to blast my way out of here or a super file or a sawzall or whatever they call it. You know, you simply you start praising God for whatever it is that's going on in your life. You praise him, you, you, you sing to him and so forth. And then you sit back and watch God operate in your life supernaturally. Okay. And, and, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, verse 27, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Or had fled. But Paul cried out, cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. See, the jailer here was so worried about what was going to happen to him, he thought he was going to be punished because the doors were open and that they escaped. He was about to kill himself. Paul still said, don't do that. Do yourself any harm. Now, the doors were open, but Paul and Silas were still there. Verse number 30 says, and brought them out. I fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Please underline that, please. What must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spoke unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, immediately. You see? So because of what they did, Paul and Silas did by praising God and singing to him, not only were the doors open, but here someone came to the Lord. Someone who did not know the Lord became a believer. You see? So singing and praising God when things are going so terribly wrong in your life, many, many things can come out of you. Instead of you focusing on the bad thing that's happening and ha- having a pity party, you know, and, and, and drowning yourself in sorrows, even worse, drowning yourself in a beer, you know, as some people opt to do, or drowning yourself in whatever's handy to you, you know, you decide to praise God. Once you do what God is telling you to do, man, it's only, it's only limited to God in terms of what may happen in your life. First of all, the situation that you're in, you'll be delivered from that situation, but you never know what those other um, peripheral or, or parallel things might be happening as a result of you simply praising God. As a matter of them praising God, this jailer who was about to, about to kill himself, didn't kill himself, but more importantly, he was saved. He came to the Lord, all right? And, so, and, and his family, and, and his family was saved. And when he had brought them into the, his house, he set food before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. You know, just let me just stop it and just for a moment, too. Um, we never know what other chain of events may happen in our lives simply by doing what God tells us to do in his word. And again, why? Because his way is not our way. His thoughts are not ours. You know? um, the scriptures going before that, if you go back and read on your own, um, they, were, they were planning to go somewhere else. 
And it said that the Holy Spirit constrained him. It said, don't go that place. This is where we want you to go. You know, and they were just being obedient to Holy Spirit. Now, being obedient to Holy Spirit, um, and then them casting out a demon, I'm sure they hadn't thought about that, but that woman who was into the occult, I'm sure they didn't, they didn't know about that. But they certainly didn't think they were going to be cast into prison. Okay? So by them being obedient to God, they were cast into prison, but still, that didn't stop them. They still praised and sang praises to God and gave up that sacrificial praise. And as a result of that, someone that God wanted saved, this jailer and his family, wound up getting saved. Simply because they were obedient to God and not going where they wanted to go, but doing what God had told them to do. You see? So in our lives, what does that tell us? That tells us that we can't, we can't outthink God, first of all. All we have to do is what God do is what God tells us to do. Things are going badly in your life. God says to praise Him continually. Even though you don't feel well, you praise Him sacrificially. You do that sacrificial praise to God, then you have no idea what you may be putting in motion in God's realm, in God's mind, because God maybe wants to see if you're going to give up sacrificial praise when things are not going well. You have no idea for what you may be setting in motion by simply being obedient to what God tells us to do. Amen? And so, so because of that, he and the, and the, uh, the jailer the jailer and his family was saved. Verse number 35 here says in, in closing down, um, And when it was day, the magistrates sent the sergeant saying, Let those men go. Let those men go. Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to you, has sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto him, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into the prison, and now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. (laughs) Now he's saying, you know, don't send a lackey to tell us to go. We want them to come and tell, tell us personally. And the sergeants told these words unto the magistrates. The magistrates are the judges. And they feared when they heard that they were Romans. See, they were treated wrong, badly, and wrong because they were Roman citizens. So in the first place, they shouldn't have been jailed the way they were jailed in the first place because they were indeed Roman citizens. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia and when they had seen uh, the brethren they comforted them and departed they comforted them and departed so here we see the word of God tells us to praise him uh, when things are not going so well in our lives to praise him sacrificially to give sacrificial praise and we see that when you do give sacrificial praise that you can activate the hand of God in ways that you may not even ever be thinking about as you see here with Paul and Silas, you see. So, in closing, just remember that not only should we praise God when things are going extremely well, but we should be also praising God when things are not going well. As a matter of fact, you should really be praising God more when things are not going well, because that is, again, is reinforcing that you trust God and that you still love God, you know. it's, It's kind of... You know, and I'm sure we've all experienced this in our lives, either with a family member or a friend or someone that we know. Um, you've been really great to a person, really nice to them. You've done this and you've done that for them, you know. And then the minute that something doesn't go right, you know, that person turns their back on you. 
You know, I'm sure we've all experienced that in some way or another. And what is the first thing you start thinking to yourself? Gee whiz, the little ingrate. <laughs> the little ingrate, I did this, that, and the other, and look how he's treating me, look how she's treating me, you know, or, or, or so ever like that. Well, with God, you know, we, we, we don't think that way, you know, we don't think that way. Um, you, you, you love God when he's rewarding you. And you love God if God is permitting something to be happening in your life. God doesn't bring bad things to your life. But God, if for whatever reason, it could be because of something that we're doing or something that we're not doing or something that is a part of of God's plan, because God knows our lives better than we can ever know them and plan our lives better than we can. Sometimes God does not permit things to happen in, in your life because he has a better plan for you. But at the time, we don't view it as that. We view it as God not cooperating, God not doing what we want to do. In some cases, I've known people to actually get angry with God, which is a very dangerous thing to do, you see. But at that point in time where you think this is not the case, or you think something is not happening right, that's the time that you sacrificially give praise, okay? Praise God. I pray this message has been a blessing to you. Now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings. Amen.